If you're a physician who wants more autonomy in how you practice or fulfillment in your life, you're in the right place. This is the Change Physician Podcast, where our guests reveal how you can learn the mindsets, skills, and strategies to create the life you want without selling out your morals or values. But before we begin, I want to remind you of the free book giveaways, guides, and other physician resources available to you at thechangephysician.com. Half hour from three different uh, local tennis companies. Uh, and Monday is always a, a day. I guess they wake up and they have their list and they have to go through it. <laughs> so folks who may be joining in, this is the, the Change Physician podcast, and this is a best behind the scenes snippet of what we discussed before our true episodes here with Dr. Lamia Boric, who is a oncologist um, whose who's phone is ringing off the hook with need. <laughs> Which led to discussion of why is it so difficult for health systems to retain their docs so they don't pay obscene amounts of money trying to replace their their staff over and over and over again. But anyway, it was there's some interesting insights in there. So Kevin, what what would should we focus today on with uh, Lamia? With, with Lamia, well, we had some plans here, and as always, our plans get a little disrailed with our conversations. <laughs> <laughs> just that's one of the fun things about medicine is there's so much chaos everywhere it becomes pretty easy just to talk about all sorts of crazy crazy things so i'll put it back to our our wonderful and fabulous guest here dr lamia boric who's returning you saw her story in uh, her phys- physician journey story of transformation with her diverse interests in her, her career of locum tenens and how that has sort of broadened and provided her lots of different opportunities so lamia what would you like to tell or talk about today? Now that we've heard your sort of journey, what's important to you or where do you think other doctors need to know about? Oh, wow. That's a really broad question. <laughs> <laughs> no pressure at all. Um, well, okay. Well, let me, let me start with the big picture. I, I think we all need to do a better job of connecting with ourselves, connecting with each other and connecting with the environment. Mm-hmm. And I see that a lot of people are just unhealthy. A lot of places I go, I see physicians who are so burnt out. They look like they themselves are on chemotherapy and not the patients that are treating, you know, from oncology standpoint. And uh, I just don't think that, that full-time, onco- okay, focusing on oncology, but I think it, it goes for all of the medicine. Full-time permanent positions do not allow for having a young family and having a healthy lifestyle and having uh, friends and then even less hobbies. You can choose one maybe, or yet you have to heavily compromise on your pay or a place where you live. So you just, you just can't have everything. And um, I think there are ways around that. And I, I found a way to be happier through uh, local tenants work. And initially I thought this was gonna be just a six months sort of until I figure out a different way, maybe a practice in a small town where I can have more time off, part-time. But then once I started doing this, every time, every month I look at something, there is a proof to me that this is gonna work out in the long run probably because I have gotten so used to having time for myself, uh, being healthy, scheduling my work around my vacations that it's really hard to go back. I don't think you, you can if you actually reap the benefits of this, uh, of this approach to, to practicing. Yeah. Well, and with that, though, you've been also been very flexible because just to be kind of clear here and not to get into large family details, you have a young family. So I, I people, oh, what does that mean? You got, how old is your son? He's like three. 
Oh, well, okay. So a a young family, right? And so it's not like you're somebody who has the kids are off to college and now you're running around doing locums, right? You, you are doing this as with, with your family, with a young child where a lot of people say, well, I can't do locums. So I'm kind of curious about that with flexibility, because when we're saying, okay, you cannot (laughs) make a statement. You cannot work full, full time, have a young family, have a healthy lifestyle, have healthy hobbies, have healthy friendships. You can pick one of all of those things, maybe. This one, maybe. Um, and, and that kind of goes way, way back when I heard someone say this thing was like, you can pick either your location, your lifestyle, or your income. And they actually said, well, you can pick two of those mm-hmm. and you can yeah. maybe maybe pull them together. But, but how are then are you, like, what would you recommend? To, because we know, unfortunately, a lot of women physicians bear the preponderance of childcare. And that's a thing that they're wrestling with over and over again. How, how do you do that balancing? You, you kind of touched on it here, but how do you do that balancing act with locums and how have you designed that locums lifestyle in such a way that preserves income, preserves your family, preserves your health? So let me start by saying that I, um, because I have um, a lot more time, I started reading again. You know, a lot of us don't have time to read. And I recently um, was recommended this book called Parenting Inside Out. And it talks about raising happy, smart, uh, well-attached children. And, you know, the, the, the whole book could be summarized basically saying you have to be there for your child. The first 18 months are especially important. So if you are not there to reflect back, to soothe, to, uh, to just be present, you know, the consequences down the stream long-term in terms of mental health and physical health are amazing. I mean, there are studies, I don't know why we are thinking we're treating patients when we're actually um, causing a lot of illness, but not not being present for our children. So I became very passionate about this. And uh, with locum tenens work, I get so much time off that I can actually be there for my child, especially in the first three years of life where I took those big breaks. So I'm thinking if, if you're in permanent uh, practice in a full-time job, how present are you for your child? Are you there? Are you present on the weekends when you have a weekend off, when you're emotionally drained or evenings? You know, that child may see you for a couple of hours a day. So that's the baseline um, versus um, local tenants where um, I would take my family with me actually uh, to these assignments. My husband uh, doesn't work. One time my parents came with me. And I have a physician friend who brought a, an au pair, like a nanny to come with her to the assignment for a small child. For shorter uh, trips for about a week, I sometimes go by myself. And that I try to avoid as he's you know, still not understanding, but technology helps us connect. I actually met a physician and this is another option which I'm gonna consider in the future. I met a physician who's done this for 15 years. And what she does is she will just move to a place for nine months at a time. And her kids have gone to schools from Alabama to Alaska to Maine. And she said that the, the one, one of the girls is now in college and she's doing like international diplomacy because she has seen so many different political and cultural views throughout the country that she is so adapted at talking to different people so usually, you know, when you think of locum assignments, it's like three weeks, one month, uh, maybe three months at most. But there are assignments most actually are looking for long-term coverage. And so you can go somewhere for an entire school year. And the beauty uh, of it is that you can craft your schedule. You can say, I want every third week off. And then you have time for your children. And when you're working, actually, 
you're not working as hard for a number of reasons that I can explain later. In most of my assignments, I actually worked about 30% less in terms of patient volume. And then they put you 10 minutes away from the hospital. So your commute is minimal. I mean, the amount of time, I, I think I get about two to three hours more per day when I'm at an assignment. I actually connect with my family. And then a woman comes and cleans the room and I don't even have to pay her, you know? <laughs> and so it, it, you know, if you, if you don't, mind the travel you can pandemic makes it a little bit difficult but it, it actually is is not is not so stressful i was just thinking about how awesome um that people as long as you're 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 adaptable you don't have you know especially if she's moving like literally moving completely and not having a home as a base well this she- person is actually living overseas interestingly oh okay and and she's not moving her whole furniture and everything but just oh. you know a couple of suitcases which really, what do you need to, you know, you need some professional clothing and some gear, I guess, for a play, but if, if that's okay, then she takes six months off at a time mm-hmm. and then maybe does a little bit on her own and then goes back again with her family. I mean, or, or did now they're older, but uh, that's a, that's a solution for somebody who wants to um, go with their family. Um, and um, it, it just, she made it seem so easy, but honestly, once I started doing it, 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 it isn't that hard. Like for example, this summer, I'm going to be uh, with my son, uh, hopefully back in Oregon, maybe, and uh, I'm going to put him in daycare. And, uh, you know, for the time, I'm, a little bit of time, I might be alone. So I'm not going to have anyone with me. So it's all doable. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting because I guess a lot of times people think when they go into practice and they're out on their own, that they're going to create this like reputation and have to build a practice and, and that's a lot of work. And, and, and it's not that there's anything wrong with it. It's just it's more of thinking of sticking your roots in one place. And it's amazing how, if you can unlatch yourself from that kind of mindset that your work has to create an established practice. And if you're thinking lifestyle, in fact, I just gave some advice to a, a friend of mine who's a nurse and is debating on $5 more per hour versus, you know, and I said, okay, let's just kind of dismiss the $5 extra per hour and think what is most important to you for someone who likes doing a lot of things? Is the lifestyle important or is it the money? Because the fixation on money isn't necessarily going to drive the kind of life you want if you don't have the freedom to explore all these other things that exactly what you're talking about. It gives you time for yourself and just to come full circle, you're talking about what's the big picture and that that I, I did go through that exercise. Um, I, I wrote down what are the things that make me happy, happiest. And there were about 20 things and very few had to do with money. Mm-hmm. And the ones that I needed money for, it was orders of magnitude less money than, than I was making. Mm-hmm. And so there I was accumulating this income and thinking, well, I'm young now. I, I, this, these are the moments that, that are going to be irretrievable. I mean, my child is growing. I, I want to see him grow. I, I want to, you know, I gained 55 pounds with pregnancy. I needed to get some fitness. I, I was not happy with being a, a moderately obese, dyspneic, a middle-aged oncologist, uh, you know, and an aging oncologist who can't go four flights of stairs because she doesn't exercise. You know, I, I wasn't, I wasn't going to accept that. So, um, those things have nothing to do with money. They have to do with time. So I think what I'm doing is buying time. Yeah. 
which is an irretrievable resource. Like yeah. you think about everything else that you can, you can pay, invest or do whatever. But the one thing that is equal for everybody is time. Like we, we, it doesn't matter how much income you have or how little we have the same 24 hours. We have the same 365.25 days a year. Uh, and I do think we, we forget that because as physicians, we've, we have in a lot of what we have invested in, or I should say what we have paid for our careers in is time. Yeah, you know, yeah. we talk about the financial debt that we go into, but little do we talk about the the time investment that we have. Yeah. And that is time we will never, ever, ever make up again. So being cognizant of creating a life really early on that returns that uh, that irretrievable chunk, you know, that that piece of which is really most important, I, I do think is really key. Yeah. yeah. The other thing I was thinking is that, um, you know, I almost feel like, yes, we, we've kind of gotten used to giving up our time and the training, but it's, it's, we've been so trained and brainwashed into thinking and this sense of like, this is, it's the sacrifice we're supposed to do all the time for the people in need. And, and it kind of almost has overly taken advantage of people that want to help people, but sometimes it's gotten to the point where a lot of people can't say no and they, they accept it. They accept the fact that they have no health and, or fitness. And they just, we, so many of us uh, in this profession just keep going because we don't know any other way. I mean, the whole reason behind this podcast is to recognize that there's a different you can create a different mindset and skill set to realize that to to actually have a healthy life that you are um, you have time for yourself for the things you love and that it's okay to love things outside of work. And we have normalized this culture of um, uh, working more than we we have to or need to. There always seems to be an emergency. It's not an emergency. I don't work in the ER. But every day there is more work as if, you know, you just need to get all these things done as if somebody's just actively dying right in front of you. Like there's this culture of you need to, to work. And, and it's unfortunate that the physicians who are doing local tenants, older physicians, I've, I've met a few people who had a, a health um, problem, uh, either a, a heart attack or um, a terrible divorce or some psychological issue where um, they, they just had to slow down. So we do give so much that it actually is detriment to our health. And then some of us get reminders. Uh, I think very few people decide to do it uh, because they are so aware of uh, their health and their, the family's health. Uh, like me, I, I, I didn't have any particular health reason to do it. I just realized this is, you know, this is unhealthy. And if I continue doing this for the next 20 years, this is gonna take its toll. And yes, I could have gone to some very rural place in need and, and had uh, a nice you know, part-time practice, but I also didn't wanna compromise too much on where I live. And now I get to live next to my parents and my sister and my, my child gets to spend time with cousins. And um, so it's, you know, I, I would like to have a permanent practice. And, and I mean, those are, there's some nice things about that too, but again, it's the way we're doing it is not compatible. Mm -hmm. with with a healthy lifestyle and a young family yeah well and you, but to do that again you have to be very flexible right so is it, it, these themes that keep coming up being aware 
first of all, that there's an issue and there's a problem that there's things that you don't want to compromise on or things that are actually important to your life that you may not be getting. And then being flexible in that approach. I think one of the frustration things that I have is I see people and they're like, oh, I want this and this and this. And I'm like, okay, well, you can have this and this and this. Like, but, but you just need to, you know, what, what's important to you and, and decide what that is. Well, I, and then you kind of go through, well, is this important? Well, I can't give up that. I can't give up my house. I can't give up the location. I can't do this. I can't give up my, you know, I get buy a new car or lease a new car every two years. It's like, well, those are all choices that you're making. And just kind of far. <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, people do that, but it's, but I guess the question, you know, is, is just being, and I don't even, as long as you're consciously making those choices. So if you think that a brand new, you know, leasing a few cars every two years, that you have to have the massive house, that you have to live in San Diego, that you want these things, at least be conscious of those decisions, that those are things you are choosing to do in order to, to practice medicine in the place that you are. And it's not being forced or you're being trapped by that. Uh, you, know, psycho, you know, from a psychological standpoint, opting into an active choice, even if it's not necessarily an ideal situation, is still different than feeling like you're trapped in control because you're either unaware or unwilling to accept that those, all those things are actually in your, in your sphere of control. Yes, so, yes. Well, let me, since you're talking about money and time, let me, let me mention something that some people might find very interesting. Um, so as you know, I have a very uh, sort of minimalistic lifestyle, which really helped me uh, get, get to explore this opportunity. But, and, and, and I have an accountant and I, I don't really get into the details, but I was very surprised by the amount of money that I saved in taxes doing independent contractor work compared to being in a full-time practice. I will tell you that I can make as much, if I, had a, if I was in a hospital employed position, I can work nine months as a locum tenens and I make how much, as much as I would make in a year. So, you know, if you negotiate your daily rate really well, and, and the tax breaks that you get are enormous. So um, 30 to up to 50% more per day. And, and the other part of the issue is when you're working for the local tenants companies, they, are, they, they don't have the incentive to work you beyond certain hours. So for every hour beyond eight hours, you get overtime. And that overtime is, is costing hospitals and, and, and institutions that utilize locum tenens physicians in a disproportionate amount, a lot more than what, what we get. And they don't, they, they don't have the incentive to overwork you. Mm -hmm. And so you're in a situation where you're working less, you're somehow protected by this locum tenens company in a way, mm -hmm. and you, you get enormous amount of money in overtime if, if you do stay, um, and then you get the tax breaks and you usually don't get a full schedule because they understand that these patients are all new to you. So I've never worked less in my entire life and I've never worked and made more per hour. And, and it just, in terms of time, you're talking a house, you could have a big house doing locum tenants. You could actually, if you wanted to work locum tenants all year, you could make 30 to 50% more than if you were now in some standard hospital employee position. If your kids are grown and you're really into money, this is the way to go. The only problem is it's a little bit uncertain. So you may have an assignment that, you know, falls through and then you have a month off and then you're trying to, but that hasn't happened to me yet. In fact, what's happening is that I'm switching from one assignment to the next, to the next, because the need is better and the money is better and it's closer to home. And in fact, I was just doing a two month assignment here in Phoenix 
And then another one opened up across the street, closer to my home, like fifteen <laughs> minutes from here. So I actually quit with these guys, forty minutes from here, and I'm starting over there. And it's the beauty of thirty-day notice. Yes. So there's no non-compete. So I'm home, and I'm doing locum, and and and, and you know, it's it, it's it's actually I don't know if 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 you want to have the big house and the lifestyle, you you can actually. Yeah, yeah, and and the fact that you know, this, this idea of, of keep things in perspective and people that want that maybe they're not sure about the whole full-time position. Like maybe it really doesn't uh, resonate with them until they experience it. Um, for those listening, I think it's good to just remember that, you know, whether it's locums or some other part-time or something that frees up your time that allows you to maybe create, like you said, let me know that you'd like to maybe have your own practice it can afford you the extra space and time to curate that kind of practice and still be making money while you're building up your own practice and doing it in a way that it just resonates with you and your values and you create something different than what everyone else is offering out there as an employer. Right. Right. Um, so anyway, I, I thought it was good for maybe us to just, you know, give some ideas of not only the positive what you just said there is just there's so much opportunity and money in it but there's also opportunity for flexibility as well um say that if if somebody's thinking about local tenants i think it would be very hard to do that straight out of residency or fellowship um you are entering very complex situations with patients that might have partial um records maybe five locum tenants before you didn't record everything. You, you have to know your stuff. I got into it after eight years in practice. I, I know I, I look young, but I'm 44 actually. Um, maybe all that exercise paid off over time. <laughs> <laughs> um, so um, you have to know your stuff and you also have to be psychologically really centered because you're coming to places that are very frustrated. Patients are frustrated, staff is frustrated and they can they can somehow, um, you can be a, a um, um, kind of like a screen on which all this is reflected. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that's not good because the patient's frustration, oh, you're my third doctor, all of a sudden you're the bad guy. And so you have to know how to navigate through that. Uh, and, and, and then on top of it, you have to be really good at what you do. So if you're not experienced, um, it's gonna be very challenging. So what I did, I, I did four years in a very busy private practice and, and that was invaluable experience to get the efficiency down, to get to, to figure out how things are done in the real world because academia is completely different place. And then you become so skilled in all of these different places, hospital, private, academic, and then you know exactly how each functions. And it, it, it like, it's like you grow a different lobe of your brain. You, so you're very flexible. And I've met so many people from so many different backgrounds, political, you know, different environmental views. And you know what? I've, I've started understanding a lot of different people. So if, if you are interested in your own personal growth and, um, and communication skills and do it, but, but you know, don't, don't get into it out of fellowship because it's gonna be, it's a little bit scary. You can, you can even maybe get in trouble with missed stuff and, who's going to follow up on what and how do you, you know, so ha- have some experience and some background before diving into this. Yeah, that's some good guidance. Any other questions, Kevin? Well, I, I was just going to comment on that. I think that's, that's an excellent point because the other, the other thing is these endpoints, right? So people feel like you're in this terminal place and, oh my gosh, I did all this training and I'm stuck here. 
And so maybe you're a new grad and you're coming out and you're a really busy, overwhelming practice. What you're basically saying is, hey, look at this as a learning opportunity, like a fellowship beyond fellowship or a residency beyond residency. Set your time, whether it's one year, two years, three years, or four years, that you say, well, I'm going to, I can tolerate, because we, as humans, you can tolerate things with an endpoint, as long as you know there's a defining endpoint, right? And I've talked to you about this actually offline. It's like, you know, you're like, oh my God, I can't believe this location. I'm only going to be here for whatever, two months or whatever, but you have a defined endpoint. Huh? advice is don't buy a house when you start your new practice. Yeah. Oh, that's a huge one. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Speaking from experience. Uh, <laughs> um, but I, but I, I like that idea because it, again, it becomes this awareness piece where wherever you are in the stage, it's just being, create that, that end point of this is what I'm going to work toward this particular date at this time in this, you know, in the interim, I'm going to learn what I can. I know this place sucks, or I know this is overwhelming, or I know I don't have the time or, or whatever, but there are things that you can pull out of it. And if you have that defined endpoint, again, what you choose to do when you get there can, it can change, but it provides a different mindset of how to tolerate and feeling less like, you know, I can't do anything. The worst thing you can do is to trap somebody or, or perceived trapped or perceived helplessness is like the worst thing anybody can go through. Exactly. There are other options and they can work out really well. Yeah. So I guess that's all I have for now. Although there's, there's a whole topic there. You made me think of like what I call mercenary medicine. It has a, it sounds horrible, but it's actually, you know, I, I was thinking this thing back in the middle ages when they had these mercenary companies and it's like the one city would hire them. And it's like, oh wait, the city across the street wants to hire for me for more. Okay. But you know, you can form long-term relationships and you can actually go to the same place multiple times, which is what I'm, uh, I've, I've gone twice to uh, three different locations. And it's only mercenary when you go in for two weeks and you ask for like four or $5,000 a day. Mm-hmm. And, and I know someone who's done that. Uh, so because they need you tomorrow and you have the license and you're ready to hit the ground running and then you ask for, you know, some enormous sum on a per day and that's, people do that, that that's hard. But what I do, I go somewhere for six months. I actually form a relationship and um, I see people for follow-ups. So, and then they hire a permanent physician and then I go to some other place. But mm-hmm. it, it, it does feel a little bit, um, softer than that, what you described. Well, I, I knew the words sounded bad, but, um, <laughs> but on the, on the flip side, here's the other thing I, I'm going to put this. Cause I, I know I would wrestle with this if it was me, like if yeah, with that kind of ethical, but although it's not really ethical decision, if you say, and someone says, we need you tomorrow. And you say, well, I want $4,000 a day or $5,000 a day. And as many of us physicians with, I am, they, I, I have to, right. These are people in need. I need them. But realistically speaking, it's the person whose ultimate control is the hospital or the practice environment that's in there and recognizing that value exchange, if they want that, and if they need it and they're going to pay it, cognitive me, cognitive Kevin, who doesn't, who's, who's can separate the emotional side. Cause I'm not directly involved when in that say, you know what, that's fair. You know, that, that, that's when, fair. When I found out the sums that the hospitals are paying for the local physicians, we get paid a fraction of mm-hmm. what they pay for us. So what we make for the hospitals on a daily basis must be even greater than that. These sums are staggering. They're, they're in the thousands of dollars per week, like 30, 40,000. I mean, I, I don't know if this is true, but this is what I've heard. And so that's why it makes it so easy to make that, that kind of money, even in, in the short run, or, or may, they may be actually breaking even, but at least they're keeping 
keeping you, uh, you know, keeping the, the flow of things going. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I don't, given how much money is, is, is exchanging hands above all of this, I really don't feel bad about, we don't really make as much given that we actually run the show without a physicians, none of this would exist. Mm-hmm. And so it took me a while, but I finally got to a point where I am not apologizing for how much I'm asking for. And, 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 and why, why do we think we need to work for free in a system that charges us hundreds of thousands for medical education that can sue us for millions? Um, it's just how it works. Yeah. Yeah. And from being a good human standpoint, it's like, okay, well, if you do it for less, are they providing, are they, as the patients ultimately getting less? I mean, meaning is their premium going down? Are they billing them less? Like who else is willing to take a cut? Exactly. They're not willing to take a cut. So anyway, I'm. uh, But it's easier to gently leverage those amounts as you develop a relationship with your, the people you helped out. Um, the more you recognize that they enjoy being around you or they appreciate you, it makes it easier for people that may have a little hesitation. I can say that from personal experience, it's easier to ask for more once you know they value you. Well, and be a value. You have to pull out how much your specialty is charging. And then you don't want to be at the top because they're, they're going to replace you with someone who charges less. Yep. So you want to be close to the top above average, and I'll tell you the range is enormous. There are people who are making 30% of, 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 the, of the average. And then there are people who are asking for a lot more. And I, I've seen, there is a, like a, it's like a black box. Nobody knows how, anyone, how much anyone's making, but um, you, you have to talk to people and kind of get a feel, get a sense for what's reasonable. Cause you can't ask for unreasonable sums for these stable positions in good locations. Right, right. Totally agree. It's so like buying a house, like buying a car. You just have to, <laughs> have to know how this works. And, and if you want to go work somewhere for free, you know, and, you know, maybe someday we'll get to that point where we live in a utopian society where that is fine. And I would love that, but that's not a reality. <laughs> yeah. Not everyone's willing to sign up for that all at once. So no. <laughs> I don't think we're ready as a human race for any kind of experiment like that. No. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not with what's been going on lately. I no. just decided already. It's, it was called the. Anyway, I'm not gonna get <laughs> <laughs> into my, you know, my past. <laughs> oh well, I want to thank you, uh, Lamia, for joining us on the Change Physician Podcast today. Again, as a returning guest, uh, we loved the first one, so of course we had to have you back. And uh, for those listening out there, if you don't know what the change physician uh, is, and you just happen to hear this or see this on a Facebook post, uh, feel free to check out thechangephysician.com and learn more about our our wanting to help people with strategies and mindsets uh, just to live a more fulfilling life and career. And I'm here with Dr. Kevin Carl, who's my uh, co-host. I forgot to mention him on the way out, but of course, uh, we'll look forward to you on the next episode and join us for any of our Monday motivations or other Facebook lives. Take care. Thank you very much. Thank you for joining us today on the Change Physician Podcast. If you've enjoyed this episode, please let us know by going to thechangephysician.com. And while you're there, be sure to check out the free book giveaways, guides, and other physician resources available to you simply by joining the community at thechangephysician.com.